Hello, and welcome to The Signal, Workplace NL's health and safety podcast. Workplace NL is the Workers' Compensation Board in Newfoundland and Labrador, Canada. The focus is to promote safe and healthy workplaces, provide return-to-work programs, and offer compensation to injured workers and their dependents. This series of podcasts will provide you with the latest information on how workplaces can protect the health and safety of workers. Please enjoy the show. I'm your host, Colin Fuhr, and today we're going to talk about preventing slips, trips, and falls in the workplace with Kim Lewis, Occupational Health and Safety Educational Consultant with Workplace NL. We'll discuss provincial injury statistics, causes of slips, trips, and falls, prevention strategies, and an important initiative aimed at the prevention of falls in the construction industry. Welcome to The Signal, Kim. Thanks, Colin. I'm happy to be here. Each year in Canada, over 44,000 workers are injured due to falls, and that's too many. Falls are preventable, and it's through the cooperation of all workplace parties and education and awareness that the injury rates can be lowered here in this province. So, Kim, what are the fall injury rates here in this province? On average, from 2013 to 2020, we recorded approximately 752 injuries annually for slips, trips, and falls on the same level. Those injuries include workers who lost time away from work, those who may have sought medical treatment, and unfortunately, Colin, two fatalities. Kim, you specifically reference slips, trips, and falls on the same level. I think there's a portion of the population that when they hear falls associated with the workplace, they automatically think of fall from a height. Absolutely. And I think that has to do with the nature of the injuries, which are often fatal, and the media attention surrounding those fatalities. If I was to use that same time period from 2013 to 2020, on average, there were approximately 208 workers who fell from height on an annual basis. Almost 38% of all fall from height claims, though, were associated with workers falling downstairs or steps. So not every fall from height has to be from a significant elevation. Unfortunately, it is the falls from elevations, though, such as a fall from a roof or a scaffold or some sort of platform where the most serious injuries occur. The devastating statistic associated with fall from height is the 11 fatalities over that eight-year time period. Wow, that's a sobering statistic for sure. It really is. You know, there's no fatality that is acceptable, and I'm happy to say that since 2013, there has been a 24% drop in the falls from height injury rate provincially. And what do you contribute that reduction to? I think it's a combination of factors, really. The change in the provincial occupational health and safety regulations in 2009 that made fall protection legislation more detailed, the mandatory fall protection training, the increased enforcement by the government OSHA officers, and an increased awareness around the importance of file protection planning in the workplace. It's been a collaborative approach between government, workplace NL, industry, uh, industry associations, sorry, training providers, employers, supervisors, and workers. I think it will be difficult to say that there was one single factor. Kim, let's switch gears a little. Can you put some context around slips, trips, and falls and speak to some of the common causes of these incidents in the workplace? For sure. Slips happen when you lose your footing. So in the workplace, that could be because of slippery surfaces, there could be snow, ice, it could be spills on the floor, or it could be something like unanchored floor coverings such as mats. 
A trip happens when our walking stride is interrupted. So that could be because of uneven surfaces, there could be an object in the way, or it could be some sort of obstruction blocking our line of vision. And a fall happens when there is a loss of balance and we find ourselves on the ground or on the floor. Generally, there are two types of fall incidents, falls to the same level and falls from height. And the fall from height could be falling off the side or the edge of a building. It could be using a ladder or a scaffold the wrong way. It could be a fall through um, a wall or a floor opening during the construction phase of a project. It could be jumping from one level to another, or it could be as a result of a slip or a trip. So there are certainly causes that can contribute to all three of those incidents. Things like poor lighting, uh, personal factors of the workers, environmental factors, you know, and of course our improper footwear. And as with anything related to occupational health and safety, the internal responsibility system would play a role in slips, trips, and, and fall prevention. What role do the workplace parties play in preventing these incidents? Well, that's right, Colin. You know, everybody does have a role to play. And a key part of preventing these incidents is for everyone to understand what their role is and then follow up with those responsibilities. So employers have an obligation to identify slip, trip, and file hazards, to communica communicate those hazards to the workers and the supervisors, to provide and maintain a workplace that is free then of those hazards, and then to develop those practices and procedures for file prevention and provide that instruction to workers in the precautions that they should take to prevent the slip strips and falls. Supervisors also have an important role to play in advising workers of the hazards, providing instructions on the precautions to take, and then enforcing the use of the safe practices and procedures in file prevention. And of course, like employers and supervisors, workers must play their part and report file hazards, follow the file prevention safe work practices and procedures, and participate in any instruction and training sessions in those precautions. And lastly, then you have the Occupational Health and Safety Committee, and they can also contribute by discussing issues or hazards at their meetings and offering recommendations for improvement. So, Kim, I'm sure many workplaces already have been taking steps to reduce the risk of falls to workers. But if not, where do you suggest they start? I'd suggest the starting point should be a risk assessment, looking specifically for fall hazards. So consider what risks in the workplace may lead to slips, trips, and falls. Decide what suitable and effective control measures are needed to prevent these types of incidents, and then put those control measures into practice. So think about how slips, trips, and falls could happen and who might be harmed. Look at the interaction of the people, the equipment, the materials, the environment, and the process, as they all can contribute to workplace falls. So, for example, the actions that people take or do not take can create hazards in the workplace. The tools and the machines that people use and, the, and they work close to could contribute to falls. Look at the work processes that use liquid or fluids that may spill, or machinery and equipment that could use power cords for any conditions where workers could slip, trip, or fall. And then some slip and trip hazards are created by the work environment itself. So the condition of the surfaces where people walk or where things are placed, if there's too many people on the work surface, if there's inadequate lighting, what are the weather conditions like, what about housekeeping. And these are just some examples of environmental factors that can introduce foul hazards to the workplace. So you mentioned that once hazards are identified, decisions must be made on what suitable and effective control measures are needed. I guess this is where the hierarchy of controls would come into play? 
Absolutely. So the hierarchy of controls will be used to identify the best solution to control the risk of a slip trip or file hazard once it has been recognized and evaluated. So we know that the objective of the hierarchy is to begin at the top and work down through the bottom, finding the most effective way to keep workers safe while at work. So can you physically remove the hazard? Can you replace the hazard? Can you isolate people from the hazard? Can you change the way the people are working? Uh, and or can you protect the worker with personal protective equipment? So in most cases, you will have a combination of two or more controls. So for example, when using a personal file arrest system, you are required to follow safe work practices and procedures and also participate in training. So one of the biggest things for employers to keep in mind when selecting controls is to ensure that they don't introduce any other hazards to the workplace. So for example, if you select a MET to be used in an area to increase traction, it has to be anchored down so it doesn't slide out from under the worker's feet. And mats require regular cleaning and maintenance so they don't become slippery from buildup of dirt or curl up along the edges. So Kim, I know that according to the hierarchy of controls, removing the hazard is always the first line of defense. But how can employers remove the fall hazard completely from the workplace? So there's no doubt that for some hazards, removal of the file hazard can be easy. So it could be doing things like removing a, uh, a crack in a walkway, removing ice and snow, removing the uneven surface. It could be installing more power outlets to eliminate having to run cords across walkways. It could be installing slip-resistant flooring or sufficient lighting or even providing temporary flooring. It may even be reasonable to remove a part of a job task because of the risk it poses to workers. So for example, when you're mowing a lawn where there are steep slopes, you may opt not to mow them at all uh, or, and keep them as they are. This removes the hazard of workers slipping and falling down the slopes. But in saying that, as we know, elimination is not always reasonable or feasible in a workplace. You know, think about repairing a leaking roof. Employers can then turn to other methods of controls in the hierarchy. In this case, it would be file protection, safe work practices, and training. And substitution follows elimination in the hierarchy. What would be an example of replacing the file hazard or switching it out for something less hazardous? So two examples that come to mind uh, would be to use an aerial work platform to get into a position to work at heights instead of actually physically climbing, or it could be actually replacing flooring with a more slip-resistant surface. Engineering controls are generally considered to be the installation or modification of equipment that physically controls the hazards. Workers are isolated or, or separated from the hazard. I would think that there are many options available to employers to control slip, trip, and fall hazards. There are certainly many options available, depending on the hazard. So for slips, it could be applying floor treatments to increase that slip resistance. It could be making sure that stairs and railings meet the requirements of the occupational health and safety regulations. And it could be containing and draining liquids as close as possible to the source of the liquid or using floor grates and, you know, and making sure that they are slip resistant and then using trays to collect any liquid and waste. To prevent trips, it could be providing ample storage areas separate from the work area and providing sufficient storage systems to keep materials out of aisles and then making sure that everything is securely stacked uh, and avoiding the single towering stacks. It could be removing or covering protruding sockets on the floor or hanging power cords over work areas rather than having them on the floor. And the engineering controls for files from height are outlined in section 141 of our provincial legislation. And these include file arrest systems, guardrails, personal safety nets, temporary flooring, or any other means that provide uh, an equal or greater protection than a file arrest system. <laughs> 
Kim, as you said previously, in most cases, employers will have a combination of two or more controls to control a hazard. Other than in situations where the hazard can be totally eliminated, it seems that it would most always be reasonable to have an administrative control. Would you agree? I do agree. So whether you find a suitable substitution or put an engineering control in place, you will likely need a new safe work practice or maybe a preventative maintenance program. This will need to be communicated. So you may post a sign in the workplace and workers may need to be educated or trained. So these are all administrative controls that would accompany other controls. Now, last up in the hierarchy is personal protective equipment. How important is proper footwear in the prevention of slips, trips, and falls? Well, our provincial regulations require workers' footwear to be appropriate to the working conditions, and that includes slippery and uneven terrain. So if slip, trip, and fall hazards are not properly identified and footwear is not properly selected and worn, the risk of injury exists. You know, it's quite simple, really. Awesome information, Kim, on the injury statistics, common causes of slip, trips, and falls, and great examples of prevention strategies. At the start of the podcast, an initiative geared towards fall prevention in the construction industry was mentioned. Can you tell us a little more about that? Thanks, Colin. Um, while fall prevention is certainly applicable and important in all industries across the province, for a second year, Workplace NL has partnered with the Newfoundland and Labrador Construction Safety Association, or the NLCSA, and the Occupational Health and Safety Division of the Department of Digital Government Service NL to promote Fall Prevention Awareness Week aimed specifically at the construction industry. So this Fall Prevention Awareness Week will take place from February 20th to the 26th, 2022. And our aim is to raise awareness about fall hazards and how they can be eliminated or mitigated and to promote a positive workplace culture relating to fall prevention. So listeners can visit nlcsa.com to access a host of resources aimed at raising awareness about fall hazards and their prevention, including daily live webinars, virtual toolbox talks, safe work practices, and much more. Even if you aren't in the construction industry, there are still ways for you to get involved. You know, you could participate in one of the webinars or the virtual toolbox talks or conduct your own toolbox talks specific to file hazards at, you know, at your workplace. Encourage workers to ask questions and raise concerns and be actively involved in file prevention at the workplace. You know, ask what more you can do as an employer. Safety is a partnership, so everyone should be involved in the promotion of file prevention regardless of the industry. That sounds like a great initiative. Thanks so much for joining me today, Kim. You're very welcome. It was my pleasure, Colin. I think the overall message to take away from today's podcast is that preventing a slip, trip, or fall is better than trying to cure the impact of one. By working together to identify hazards or what could go wrong and putting proper control measures in place, employers and workers can reduce the number of slip, trip, and fall injuries in their workplace. Thank you for joining us today. Transcripts are available to use in your workplace to increase workers' knowledge in various occupational health and safety topics. Visit WorkplaceNL.ca for more information on the services we provide to workplaces. Feel free to share the signal on social media to improve workplace health and safety everywhere. Thank you, and have a safe and healthy day.